Chapter 6, verses 28 through 40 of Catina Aria, Commentary in the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 28 through 34. Then said they unto him, What shall we do, that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, what sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Alcune, they understood that the meat which remaineth unto eternal life was the work of God, and therefore they asked him what to do to work the work of God, i.e. obtain the meat. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Bede, i.e. by keeping what commandments shall we be able to fulfill the law of God? Persostum. But they said this, not that they might learn and do them, but to obtain from him another exhibition of his bounty. Theophylact. Christ, though he saw it would not avail, yet for the good of others afterwards, answered their question, and showed them, or rather the whole world, what was the work of God. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Augustine. He does not say that ye believe him, but that ye believe on him. For the devils believed him and did not believe on him. And we believe Paul, but do not believe on Paul. To believe on him is believing to love, believing to honor him, believing to go unto him and be made members incorporate of his body. The faith which God requires of us is that which worketh by love. Faith indeed is distinguished from works by the Apostle, who says, That man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. But the works indeed which appear good without faith in Christ are not really so, not being referred to that end, which makes them good. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth, and therefore our Lord would not separate faith from works but said that faith itself was the doing of the work of God. He saith not, This is your work, but this is the work of God, that ye believe on him, in order that he that glorieth might glory in the Lord. Augustine. To eat then that meat which endureth unto everlasting life is to believe on him. Why dost thou make ready thy tooth and thy belly? Only believe, and thou hast eaten already. As he called on them to believe, they still asked for miracles whereby to believe. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Chrysostom. Nothing can be more unreasonable than their asking for another miracle, as if none had been given already. And they do not even leave the choice of the miracle to our Lord, but would oblige him 
to give them just that sign which was given to their fathers. Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. Alcune. And to exalt the miracle of the manna, they quote the psalm, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Chrysostom. Whereas many miracles were performed in Egypt, at the Red Sea, and in the desert, they remembered this one the best of any. Such is the force of the appetite. They do not mention this miracle as the work either of God or of Moses, in order to avoid raising him on the one hand to an equality with God, or luring him on the other by a comparison with Moses. They did take a middle ground, only saying, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. Augustine. Or thus, our Lord sets himself above Moses, who did not dare to say that he gave the meat which perisheth not. The multitude, therefore, remembering what Moses had done, and wishing for some greater miracle, say, as it were, Thou promised the meat which perisheth not, and dost not works equal to those Moses did. He gave us not barley loaves, but manna from heaven. Chrysostom. Our Lord might have replied that he had done miracles greater than Moses, but it was not the time for such a declaration. One thing he desired, viz., to bring them to taste the spiritual meat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. Did not the manna come from heaven? True, but in what sense did it? The same in which the birds are called, the birds of heaven. And just as it is said in the psalm, the Lord thundered out of heaven. He called it the true bread, not because the miracle of the manna was false, but because it was the figure, not the reality. He does not say to Moses gave it you not, but I, for he puts God for Moses, himself for the manna. Augustine, as if he said the manna was the type of this food, of which I just now spoke, and which all my miracles refer to. You like my miracles, you despise what is signified by them. The bread which God gives, and which this manna represented, is the Lord Jesus Christ, as we read next. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Bede, not the physical world, but to men its inhabitants. Theophylact, he calls himself the true bread, because the only begotten Son of God, made man, was principally signified by the manna. For manna means literally what is this? The Israelites were astonished at first on finding it, and asked one another what it was. And the Son of God made man is, in a special sense, this mysterious manna, which we ask about, saying, What is this? How can the Son of God be the Son of Man? How can one person consist of two natures? Alcun, who by the humanity which was assumed came down from heaven, and by the divinity which assumed it, gives life to the world. Theophylact. But this bread, being essentially life, for he is the son of the living Father, is quickening all things, does but what is natural to him to do. For as natural bread supports our weak flesh, so Christ, by the operations of the Spirit, gives life to the soul, and even incorruption to the body. 
for at the resurrection the body will be made incorruptible. Wherefore he says that he giveth life unto the world, Chrysostom, not only to the Jews, but to the whole world. The multitude, however, still attached a low meaning to his words. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They say, Give us this bread, not, Ask thy father to give it it us. Whereas he had said that his father gave this bread. Augustine, as the woman of Samaria, when our Lord told her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst, thought he meant natural water, and said, Sir, give me this water, that she might never be in want of it again. In the same way these say, Give us this bread, which refreshes, supports, and fails not. Verses 35 through 40. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Chrysostom. Our Lord now proceeds to set forth mysteries, and first speaks of his divinity. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He does not say this of his body, for he speaks of that at the end. The bread that I will give you is my flesh. Here he is speaking of his divinity. The flesh is bread. By virtue of the word, this bread is heavenly bread, on account of the spirit which dwelleth in it. Theophylact. He does not say, I am the bread of nourishment, but of life. For, whereas all things brought death, Christ hath quickened us by himself. But the life here is not our common life, but that which is not cut short by death. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Augustine, he that cometh to me, i.e. that believeth on me, shall never hunger, as the same meaning as shall never thirst, both signifying that eternal society where there is no want. Theophylact, or shall never hunger or thirst, i.e., shall never be wearied of hearing the word of God, and shall never thirst as to the understanding, as though he had not the water of baptism and the sanctification of the Spirit. Augustine, ye desire bread from heaven, but though you have it before you, you eat it not. This is what I told you, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Alcune, as if he said, I did not say that I did to you about the bread, because I thought you would eat it, but rather to convict you of unbelief. I say that ye see me and believe not. Chrysostom, or I said to you, refer to the testimony of the scriptures, of which he said above, They are they which testify of me. And again, I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. 
but ye have seen me, is a silent allusion to his miracles. Augustine. But because ye have seen me and believe not, I have not therefore lost the people of God. All that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Bede. All he saith absolutely to show the fullness of the number who should believe. These are they which the Father gives the Son, when by his secret inspiration he makes them believe in the Son. Alcun, whomsoever therefore the Father draweth to belief in me, he by faith shall come to me, that he may be joined to me, and those who in the steps of faith and good works shall come to me, I will in no wise cast out, i.e., in the secret habitation of a pure conscience. He shall dwell with me, and at the last I will receive him to everlasting felicity. Augustine, that inner place whence there is no casting out, is the great sanctuary, a secret chamber, where is neither weariness or the bitterness of evil thoughts, or the cross of pain and temptation, of which it is said, Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Chrysostom, the expression that the Father giveth me shows that it is no accident whether a man believes or not, and that belief is not the work of human cognition, but requires a revelation from on high, and a mind devout enough to receive the revelation. Not that they are free from blame, whom the Father does not give, for they are deficient even in that which lies in their own power, the will to believe. This is a virtual rebuke to their unbelief and it shows that whoever does not believe in him transgresses the Father's will. Paul, however, says that he gives them up to the Father, when he shall have given up the kingdom to God, even the Father. But as the Father, in giving, does not take from himself, so neither does the Son, when he gives up. The Son is said to give up to the Father, because we are brought to the Father by him, and of the Father... At the same time we read, By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son. Whoever then, our Lord says, cometh to me, shall be saved. For to save such I took up flesh. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. But what, hast thou one will, he another? No, certainly. Mark what he says afterwards. And this is the will of him that sent me that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him should have everlasting life. And this is the Son's will too, for the Son quickeneth whom he will. He says then, I came to do nothing but what the Father wills, for I have no will distinct from my Father's. All things that the Father hath are mine, but this not now. He reserves these higher truths for the end of his ministry. Augustine this is the reason why he does not cast out those who come to him. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. The soul departed from God because it was proud. Pride casts us out. Humility restores us. When a physician in the treatment of a disease cures certain outward symptoms, but not the cause which produces them, his cure is only temporary. So long as the cause remains, the disease may return, that the cause then of all diseases, i.e. pride, might be eradicated, 
the Son of God humbled himself. Why art thou proud, O man? The Son of God humbled himself for thee. It might shame thee, perhaps, to imitate a humble man, but imitate at least a humble God. And this is the proof of his humility. I came not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Pride does its own will, humility the will of God. Hilary, not that he does what he does not wish. He fulfills obediently his father's will, wishing also himself to fulfill that will. Augustine, for this reason, therefore, I will not cast out him that cometh to me, because I came not to do mine own will, I came to teach humility by being humble myself. He that cometh to me is made a member of me, and necessarily humble, because he will not do his own will, but the will of God, and therefore is not cast out. He was cast out as pride. He returns to me humble. He is not sent away except for pride again. He who keeps his humility falleth not from the truth. And further, that he does not cast out such, because he came not to do his will. He shows when he says, And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Every one of an humble mind is given to him. It is not the will of your father that one of these little ones should perish. The swelling ones may perish. The little ones none can. For except ye be as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Augustine. They therefore who by God's unerring providence are foreknown and predestined, called, justified, glorified, even before their new birth, or before they are born at all, are already the sons of God, and cannot possibly perish. These are they who truly come to Christ. By him there are given also perseverance in good unto the end, which is given only to those who will not perish. Those who do not persevere will perish. Chrysostom, I should lose nothing. He lets them know he does not desire his own honor, but their salvation. After these declarations, I will in no wise cast out, and I should lose nothing. He adds, but should raise it up at the last day. In the general resurrection, the wicked will be cast out. According to Matthew, take him and cast him into utter darkness. And who is able to cast both soul and body into hell? He often brings to mention of the resurrection for this purpose, viz. to warn men not to judge of God's providence from present events, but to carry on their ideas to another world. Augustine, see how the twofold resurrection is expressed here. He who cometh to me shall forthwith rise again by becoming humble and a member of me. But then he proceeds but I will raise him up at the last day to explain the words, all that the Father hath given me, and I should lose nothing, he adds, and this is the will of him that hath sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Above he said, Whoso heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, now it is, every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him. He does not say, believe on the Father, because it is the same thing to believe on the Father and on the Son. 
For as the Father hath life in himself, even so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And again, that whosoever seeth the Son and believeth on him should have everlasting life, i.e., by believing, by passing over to life, as at the first resurrection. But this is only the first resurrection. He alludes to the second when he says, And I will raise him up at the last day. End of chapter 6, verses 28 through 40.